Hello everyone, and welcome to Then Now Whatever, the wrestling podcast. Knock on the door, it's episode 4. I am your host, the man with no moniker, and still against his better judgement, no written intro, Duncan Joyce. I'm joined as ever by the hardest working Triple H Mark in show business, Mr. <laughs> Kyle Cambray. Hello, welcome to the show. Yeah, how are you doing Kyle? I'm doing alright now, I'm on, I'm on the path to recovery. Oh yeah? Yeah, do you want to tell the listeners about what happened last time we tried to record? Yeah, so the last time we tried to record, we booked in and I had to get rushed into hospital uh, for an operation. But I'm now on the other side of that, recovering very well. And we're now back to recording podcasts. A lot has happened. Yeah, do you want to go over what you've been enjoying in wrestling since we've been away? The new era. I really like. The new era. The new era. (laughs) I want to meet the guy who came up with that. (laughs) Tell him... We need to be more creative than that. The new era. Right, so, are you soft? Are you S-O-W-F-T? Oh, yeah, I was going to ask how... Soft! I was going to ask how you spell that. So, obviously, Enzo got injured at yeah. some point with that nasty, nasty bump. And they kept Big Cass up on his own. And he seemed to be doing pretty well out of it, actually. Well, the, the rumour going round is that Vince is very big on Cass. And there was quite a few rumblings whether the team would get back together when Enzo eventually did come back but they're, they're doing well and yeah Seth Rollins is back yeah Rollins That's back good. on our poll Seth Rollins got the biggest votes of what they were excited for and John Cena got none surprise <laughs> surprise I had to put that in there I mean basically before he was gone he was doing some of his best work in his yeah. career really the US title scene stuff yeah I've noticed that now he's come back he's very much trying to plug the fans with this whole Let's go Cena, Cena sucks. He, he wants them to get back into that style, which I think, really, why don't they just do that naturally? He doesn't have to get into the ring and tell the fans. Especially when we've got Roman going around like, yeah, I'm not a good guy, I'm not a bad guy, I'm just a guy, you know? Yeah. Oh, they have two guys on the roster that like that. Mm. AJ Styles in the club. Yeah, we got the return of that outlaw. And the machine gun. Kyle Anderson! AKA the club. (laughs) Yeah, there's this whole will they, won't they align with AJ thing, and they've now sort of bonded over this mutual need to get over Cena quite liked the whole we'll have a beer together but we're not a team mm-hmm. and then the week after it's just like you know what no we are a team yeah yeah, yeah yeah we'll do that i think basically the story of that was so obviously out of their own self-interest they got involved when it was in the title matches yeah and then he basically told them all right no just sod off i want to do this on my own and then he lost his money in the bank qualifier to owens so i think after that he thought okay maybe it is for the best that I buddy up and yeah. look about making an impact. For AJ Styles, I think it works either way. I think he's good as a singles competitor, but I think he's also good as a leader of a faction. He can kind of do both. Whereas at, at some superstars, they can only do one or the other. Yeah, Seth Rollins coming back. I like the idea that he's come back. I was hoping he was going to come back as a face. He practically is, according to the crowd. And then they do stuff like the... WWE 24 special. Yeah. How can he not come across as a face in that? Yeah. I think he's he's past that line now, the same as Randy Orton. 
and the same as Triple H, where no matter what you do, yes, you'll get a few boos because that's the way that the show's going, but everyone will want you to do well. Just too good at your job, really. Yeah, essentially. I should add as well, there's a draft coming up. Yes! Smackdown's going live. I will be invested in Smackdown now. Reportedly, USA are interested in having three hours of Smackdown as well. Please, God, no. No, 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 no. Doing it wrong. Yeah, as as far as matches and stuff go, I think the guys in the Intercontinental title scene have been brilliant. That hour stretch they had at Payback where it was Owens and Zayn, and then it kind of segued into the Cesaro Miz title match. That was brilliant. One of the best hours I'd seen on pay-per-view in a good while. And then they had that ace fatal four-way match at Extreme Rules as well. It's interesting at the moment because it's one of their matches going through the different pay-per-views that I don't actually mind who wins and yeah. who loses. Because when you're watching a pay-per-view sometimes, some of the matches you think, oh, I really hope he doesn't win. Or I really, you know. But I actually enjoy what each superstar brings to the match. I do not mind who wins going forward because it's just so enjoyable to watch. That's a plus, let's say, for the future of WWE. Whereas in the past, every match would have that one person in it and you'd be like, it's a bit uneasy. Mm -hmm. Whereas now, each match, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn's, even The Miz to a certain extent, what he's doing now that he's brought Maurice back, you know, they're they're all doing well. Miz has definitely been really great in his role, I Mm -hmm. think. There was a whole bunch of releases over the summer as well. Weird Barrett. We, yes. we kind of already knew a few months before it happened. Yeah, we knew it was coming, yeah. And apparently his deal was supposed to expire a bit later, but he kind of like bought himself out to yeah. get away. And there's lots of rumours of what he could do. Apparently he's interested in a lot of stuff outside of wrestling. Yeah. I think the, the big one's Cody Rhodes, isn't it? Definitely. He was quite smart with what with how he approached it on his Twitter. And he said, this is the only time I'm going to speak about it. No tell-alls, no podcasts. Like, oh, shots fired. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Yeah, and then he had his famous list as well. Getting pretty busy for bookings and stuff now. He's uh, facing Angle at some show coming up in August. Yeah, he's doing Evolve, isn't he? Yeah, he's facing Gargano at Evolve. He, he's definitely the biggest loss. Sandar was another disappointment as yeah. well. Although, go, going back to Cody a second, I can totally understand where he's coming from, his argument. Because the fans wanted Cody Rhodes back. We kind of saw that it was the end of Stardust. As good as it was, I mean, the, the rival was Stephen Amell. That was that was brilliant. That was the best it was going to get, was, really. Yeah, yeah. Where he thought he was our own, he was saving the world, and etc, etc. So we all wanted Cody to come back. Obviously, the, the guys at the top didn't. The scuttlebutt was that the whole reason they were sticking with it was because Cody was the one that was passionate about it. Yeah. Because the Stardust name is quite linked in with the family's past and stuff. So it's interesting to see that it was actually the opposite, and it does make a lot of sense. And, if I mean, you look back at WrestleMania, the biggest reaction Stardust got in that match was when he got the polka dot ladder out. Yeah. Of course, the other big news is Brock is going to fight at UFC 200. Yeah, there, surely there's a lot of implications in that. As far as... As far as, well, both sides. What WWE get from the deal. Yeah, and, well, essentially what UFC would get from the deal as well. Because if Lesnar's signed to a contract, then he can come into UFC, but then does that work the other way? My understanding is it's just literally a one-off for this. Right. 
big landmark celebration, you know, the 200th event. And he's facing this guy called Mark Hunt. I think he's Samoan. And from what I hear, he's quite a vicious striker. In his interviews in the run-up to this, he's been making some wild claims like, oh, Lesnar, he's roided up to the gills and stuff. But apparently he, he has been tested by the Athletic Commission or whatever, and yeah. it's all going to be fine. Lots of people are speculating about maybe we're going to end up with Ronda turning up at WrestleMania again out of this. Or? Yeah. See, I, I wouldn't mind that. She's hinted that she'd like to have a run in WWE, which would be all right. There's another UFC women's star that they were rumoured at SummerSlam. Paige Van Zandt, I think it is. Mm. Again, if you know if that happens, it happens. I don't mind it. I, I think we need more more relationships with MMA. It's good to broaden the audience. More relationships with people in general, really. Like yeah. you look at what Triple H is doing with all the indie promotions. Revolution Pro and Progress are having clips of their matches on WWE.com. You know, major cute that is. Yeah. He's he's basically raiding their talent for a little bit for the cruiserweight classic. I'm interested to see about that, like how it will work. I've been trying to catch up on some stuff from New Japan as well. That match with Ricochet and Osprey, that was mental. What a match! Ah, oh, brilliant. You just watch it in awe and think, what are these guys doing? Fantastic, really, really, really good. Unbelievable athletes, yeah. And I've been catching up with some Lucha Underground as well. I think the, the trio's title scene's been really good. That's your man, Ricochet again. Yeah. Prince Puma. The Monster Man Panzer's title matches with Mil Muertes and Cage. Sorry. They call him Cage. <laughs> it's the announcer, says it. Lots and lots of good wrestling in the world. Here in the UK, we were treated to some great wrestling recently as well, with NXT coming here on tour including having a few showcase matches at Download Festival. Yep. I've seen a, a clip of Hugo Knox doing his entrance. Mm. Did you know he used to be a goalkeeper for my other hometown team, Burton Albion? Yeah. yeah. And they've now signed Tim Reese. Yes, they have, yeah. He's always been a wrestling fan, hasn't he? And he, mm. he reached out to Triple H. They signed him up and they, they were really impressed. And so he's down there for a little longer. Mm. And... I'm sure they're in Frankfurt. Is it November time? That's when he wants to try and get into the ring. That's going to be a big ask. Yeah. But I mean, then again, they have that Indian guy who was on breaking ground and they did take him to the Indian dates yeah. for the, the house show. So who knows? So yeah, you never know. Mm. We'll see how it turns out. Kyle was lucky enough to be at the NXT event in Liverpool. Uh, yeah. What do you make of it? I really enjoy it. It's much much better than watching a Raw or Smackdown. You're much closer. It's a smaller crowd. You feel more invested. The atmosphere is much better as well. Seeing Finn Balor and Bailey, American Alpha. Also, with the live events, they seem to join in more of the crowds. Obviously, when it's taped, you, you're on a time limit, aren't you? So, you know, with the chance, they'll join in with the chance and, and stuff like that. Look, really, really great fun. If you head on over to our Twitter, then you can see a bunch of photos and stuff that Kyle took while he was there. I really, really wish I could have been there myself, but things didn't work out. And we were going to make this episode based upon that show. Instead, we're going to take a look at the most recent TakeOver event, NXT TakeOver The End. Since we're talking about NXT, we should give a little shout out to our friends at the WE NXT podcast. Or whatever, NXT. (laughs) 
yeah, they're chronologically going through all of the live takeover specials. They're currently editing their, I think it's our Revolution episode, the one where Owens turns up and yeah. Zayn wins the title. So yeah, go check those guys out. So it's NXT Takeover, the end of the beginning. Oh, the amount of people that freaked out over this name. Yeah. Oh god, the wrestling fans these days sometimes. <laughs> just... Right, ROH do a show every year called Final Battle. When they turn up for next year for some more shows, the people are like, huh? But you said this was the final battle. What? <laughs> Jesus. I suppose the way that Triple H put it across on social media was it was the end. Dot 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 dot. Well, it was like, where do we go from here? Yeah. But it was blatantly tied in to the Balor-Joe rivalry. Yeah. It'd be interesting to see, would NXT be a third draft? Mm, Yeah. I mean, you always get some people, you you get like Emma and Ryder and people like that have gone back down when they've not had enough on on the main roster. So, I don't know. Yeah, maybe we could get someone like Breeze back. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see how it works because Triple H's interpretation is definitely that this is a third brand for the company. That that's what he was saying about on the Facebook post match chat he did. He's, this is the end of the beginning because it, this is basically the end of the perception that NXT is just a developmental territory. Yeah, it's its own deal now. It's going off, and you know, well, just look at the arena tour. Yeah. June the 8th, 2016, from the Performance Center in Full Sail University. There's what, I don't know, there's like 400-ish fans in all the time. Yeah, something like that. But again, it works because the small crowd, and you can really hear what the fans want. And it's never just about the crowd either. It's giving the newer talent a consistent setup to deal with and yeah. familiarise themselves yeah. with yeah. the way WWE television works. The opening video highlights the history of NXT's beginning, calling it a place where dreams are born. Of old Trafford talk here. <laughs> it highlights the NXT and main roster success of its alums, and then shows clips of Bailey and Finn in their title losses, which kicks in the old Armageddon music. Yeah. Yeah, and then tonight's matches get hyped. And stay hyped! Right, in this opening video package, they had... Finn and Joe doing the little promo shoot in the cage and the face-off thing. Yeah. Bit kayfabe breaking here for me. Yeah. The whole reason they've got this cage match going is they're so desperate to beat each other up. They can't be controlled, so they've got to be in this cage. And they're like, oh, yeah, we'll do this video shoot for yeah. you. Yeah, we'll be in ourselves, <laughs> you know. Sure. That shows that it leans, leans towards the more entertainment side of mm-hmm. it. Commentary team are Corey Graves and Tom Phillips. What do you make of these guys? I like them both. I mean, Tom Phillips is really funny anyway. He, he does quite a lot of the swerve stuff. He gets involved a lot. And Corey Graves, 
big fan when he was in NXT. He's moved over onto commentary really well. It'd be nice to see if NXT commentators get the push up as well. You know, as 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 what talent do. So if you're doing well, you would then get pushed up to a main show. Is that the same for commentators? Well, I mean, you've had Saxton. He's on Raw, both Raw and SmackDown now. Yeah. I, I guess that's going to end when there's a draft. But it's it's a bit more complicated with those kind of talents because there's fewer spaces to take up. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, I, I like both of them. I think they work really well together. You know, Phillips, he had this... He was really competent in all his original time in NXT. Then he got bumped up to SmackDown far too quickly and they got bored of him, so they got him bumped back down. But this pairing with Graves worked really well for him. He's done brilliantly since it started. Yeah. And Corey Graves as well, yeah, as you say, he's fantastic. He's kind of heelish, but he'll give everybody their due, really. I think it's that fine line, isn't it? That if you can show off the heel and face at the same time, then that's that's the line that you, you want to go down. Because I, I do feel sometimes some commentators kind of steer towards one side, like JBL bores me a little bit because of how heel he is with some of the things that he says. I just think if you if you can go down that fine line of, yes, that's bad, yes, that's good, it sort of evens it out as a fan. You, you can just watch it and just think, yeah, I, I totally understand where he's coming from on that point and on that point and that point. Whereas if you saw one-sided you just kind of like oh, I don't, I'm not interested in what you're saying it's quite dated now I guess yeah for just to have this black and white I agree with this guy and I agree with I disagree with all these guys because you like them you know I think JBL when he first started on commentary in 2006 was a lot better for that he'd give a lot more baby faces they'd do so Graves kind of reminds me of that stretch only not quite as hardcore towards the heel side yeah yeah he's a very promising broadcaster I think our opening contest sees the perfect 10 Ty Dillinger taking on the debuting Andrade Cien Almas Dillinger is in a ridiculous high collar 10 jacket he looks like a super villain it sort of reminds me of Alice in Wonderland you know the the seven of hearts that's that's the kind of thing it reminds me of. Mm. He gets greeted by a swarm of ten chants. This guy, he's basically a very great underneath guy, you know, jobber to the stars. And he's so good at his job that the fans have decided to really take to him and say, okay, we want more from him, please. It'd be nice to see a mid-card title. Because he'd be perfect. You know, he'd be a perfect ten. Yeah, yeah. Before they closed FCW, they had this deal where they have this FCW Jack Briscoe Championship. It was defended essentially exclusively in 15-minute Iron Man matches. Right. So that was a little bit different from the norm. But I see what you're saying. It can be difficult to find a role for all of these guys in the middle of the card. <laughs> Did you like the the ring announcer? He is the perfect 10! <laughs> really overplaying it here (laughs) he's good with the crowd as well that's another plus sign and that sign must must cheer for a little bit when down his pants (laughs) 10 10 10 how many grams of saffron are we going to need down there (laughs) 10 10 10 oh Graves gets taken aback because Phillips calls him an NXT icon (laughs) he does his little namaste thing he's like 
What? What did you call me? <laughs> Almas gets greeted to a much more muted welcome, but still pretty positive. And he's got some really daft entrance gear on as well. His little gigolo white braces and yeah. pants. Uh, have you seen anything of Almas before he came to WWE? No, if not. He's like, he was formerly from CMLL in Mexico as La Sombra, and he spent some dates in New Japan as well. So I saw some of his matches with Shinsuke for the IC title. Pretty good stuff. Cien is Spanish for 100. So Graves is like, oh, you better live up to this hype. You're saying you're 10 times bigger, better than the perfect 10. Like, <laughs> Did you see on the pre-show as well? Lita was like, uh, so Cien's like a hundred in Spanish, isn't it? That's like ten times bigger than ten. And look on Corey Graves' face. He just gives this like proper Parks and Recreation look <laughs> yeah. to camera like, fuck it. <laughs> no, Lita, it's not like ten times ten. It is ten times ten. This oh, is why I hate it. the pre-show. People that you like become stupid. <laughs> I mean, I, I like Jerry Lawler, but there's some of the stuff ah! he does on the pre-show. It's ridiculous. Just have a normal conversation. <laughs> Normalcy is very hard to combine WWE a lot of the time, yeah. especially on commentary. The opening stretch. Tyler gets a sweet-looking roll-up and does his little cartwheel. 10, 10, 10, 10! There's a really nice spot where Andrade does a duck under, and when Tyler tries to do the same, he just gets drop-kicked right in the face. That was sharp. Yeah. Andrade's offense is really distinct. He a nice snap Hurricane Rana and feigns a dive hanging in the ropes like a monkey. Graves is like, look at this, it's become like a GQ shoot or something, Phillips. What is this mess? You can't have this nonsense in wrestling. They seemed a little bit hesitant with some of their timings in the very early goings when Armas does his uh, headstand in the corner thing. Yeah. Very little bit... Uh, I kind of put that down to it being the first match. Because it's always hard being the first match out there and getting the crowd up for, you know, the rest of the show. And it it's happened quite a few times on the first show where you're kind of a bit a bit more hesitant. I don't know whether the later on in the night your adrenaline's going because you're kind of halfway through the show and you, you're ready to go. But, yeah, there's a few times that I've seen that in the first match. They, they worked through it and they yeah. got over it by the closing stretch, I thought. There's an awesome spot where Tyler rolls away from Cien's moonsault and he lands on his feet and gives a standing moonsault the second time of asking. Brilliant stuff. Love this guy's aerial style offense. What I don't love, though, is his little chicken wing forearm things. It's like, <laughs> do, do, do the funky chicken. <laughs> no, just hit him in the face properly, please. So Cien goes for the headstand again and Ty just super kicks him in the head. I see that a lot from Osprey. That always looks awesome. The finish comes when Cien just rolls him over with a bunch of offense. Handspring overhead Liger kick, a wheelbarrow bulldog and a double knee press into the bottom turnbuckle finishes Tyler. So Andrade wins in 5 minutes 22 seconds. I thought it was a neat little showcase for him really. Solid debut. Pretty promising looking talent for me. Ty is really good in this role of highlighting new people. Like with Apollo Crews at the Brooklyn event. Yeah. He was great there as well. What do you think of the match, Kyle? Yeah, like I said before about the first match jitters, other than that, it was a really enjoyable match and it was perfect for the first match because having someone like Ty getting the crowd pumped, if you will, with the 10-10-10, mm. 
it just sets you on course ready for the rest of the show. Yeah, we get a lot of these debuts in on these takeover events, like Owens and Apollo. Are there any other ones that Nakamura? Yes, Nakamura <laughs> match of the it year as well. Incredible. We'll get. To we'll have plenty of time yeah. to spooge over Shinsuke. Don't you yeah. worry. At segue from Phillips where he calls Hunter the father of NXT when as he hypes the post yeah. Facebook <laughs> show. This, <laughs> this is borderline Vince McMahon. It's a product of my intellectual semen. <laughs> Nia Jax is shown shadow boxing backstage, and we get a video package to hype up the tag team title match, which is coming up next. I really like American Alpha, but their rally towel thing I find a little bit odd. Because Gable kind of holds it like he's holding a handbag. Yeah. He puts his hands over it's like, Woo! It's more like enticing the bull. <laughs> Ole! <Yeah. laughs> oh, well, I'm off. Oh, no, Torito's gone. We don't have yeah, to worry about that. Yes. No. God. What are your thoughts on both of these teams? American Alpha, I like. I liked how they came together. Jason Jordan was his singles competitor. He just didn't yep. want to tag. And then Gable came along with his ready, willing Gable chit-chat. And it was just a massive bromance in the end. And I think they work really well together. It reminds me of the world's greatest tag team. Mm-hmm. Lots of that, yeah. They remind me of them, but I don't want to compare them because I, they're their own team. And they could be better than um, the world's greatest tag team. I think they're a definite step up personality wise. Yeah. Like Jordan's always been a pretty promising looking athlete as far as what he can do in the ring. But pairing him off with Gable just seems to have brought that spark out in him and their yeah, their chemistry together is really, really very strong. Yeah. There's a lot of Kurt Angle moves. In yeah, there's a lot of hints of angle. Yeah. Angle slam, angle lock. Yeah. Although it's it's just a, an ankle lock, but at least it's not the Ann Cole luck. Yeah, yeah, true. <laughs> and the Revival, quite like the Revival, they're just good athletes. They're not the biggest guys in the world, but they're a good team. They're very, very sound strategists. They wrestle very, very logically. They're always very, very good at controlling a match and cutting people off and stuff. And Scott Dawson, the one that's like properly Arn Anderson lookalike. Yeah. I'm really high on him, especially. So our second match is the NXT Tag Team Championship match. The champions, American Alpha, the pairing of Chad Gable and Jason Jordan, are defending against the Revival, Dash Wilder and Scott Dawson. According to Phillips, the Revival claimed that while American Alpha are great amateur athletes, they haven't been in a real fight to save their lives. Doesn't that kind of shit all over the effort they put into the previous match? Yeah. If you've never faced the team before, yeah, okay, go ahead, claim something like that. But if you've been in a fight with them already and you're claiming, oh, they've never been in a real fight before, you just look stupid. Off subject completely. Well, kind of off subject. The Fury Klitschko talk in the boxing. You know when they do the face-to-face and they sit down Mm -hmm. and they talk? Klitschko said that he didn't try against Tyson Fury and he, he put his hands down. And so Tyson, Tyson Fury's then response to that was, okay, so you lost the match on purpose. And Klitschko was like, no, no, you, you're not listening. And Klitschko then said it again. You know, he didn't try and he put his hands down. And like Tyson Fury couldn't get it over his head. And it, this, it's 
the similarities. And you just think, well, it's either a fight or it isn't a fight. Yeah. What are you trying to say? You're either trying or you're not. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Naturally, the crowd just adore American Alpha. Lots and lots of chants. I loved the Gable chants to the tune of Kurt Angle's music. Yeah. Full Sail, very famous for the chants. Any that you're really fond of in particular, you can remember from past events. The American Alpha. Gable, 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 Jason, Jordan, Jason, Jason, Jason. When we watched it in Blackpool, they must have done that for about 20 minutes. And wow. American Alpha just couldn't start the match. They were just in awe of just everyone just chanting. It was incredible. Oh, unreal. Enzo Amore to Seven Nation Army as well. Yeah. Enzo Amore. At the TakeOver London event, Baron Corbin was in his match and fans were going, you're shit. Yeah. And you know you are. <laughs> you're shit. I love it when there's like this proper football style terrorist chance come into it well at, at Blackpool it was oh, oh, let me think the tag team champions before American Alpha what before the revival as well yeah with Alexa Bliss oh yeah B- Banff Blake and Murphy that's it yeah at Blackpool they were chanting you just a shit Robbie Savage <laughs> and he just did not get what we were, <laughs> what we were on about ah yeah and he just turned around and was like what <laughs> That's brilliant. Kick off. There's a weird tug of war over control of a wrist to start. Literally a tug of war. Yeah. Dawson gets the best of a brawl, but then eats Gable's wacky arm drag and his Marty Jannetty style traditional head scissors. Chag tags in Jordan. He hits a sweet pair of drop kicks. He gets great air. Magnificent. Things break down after all four men stand off with each other. And then we get the hokey American Alpha do exactly the same stuff in stereo kind of thing where both revivalists end up in the ankle lock. Nice. Crowd really liked that. Yeah, sure, you're going to do exactly the same sequence of moves each other. Because the heels both have to react in exactly the same way as well. It's a little bit... I guess it's just to put over how in sync Jordan and Gable are in a way. Yeah, well, it's the same with their finishing move as well. They use the tools and yeah, we've mentioned rev- the revival and their strategies and all their little shortcuts. The Wilder trips Jason up on the apron skirt. It's great. He just lifted it under the screen like. Bleh! Dawson tried to tag in by tagging Dash's boot, and the referee has none of it. You got to tag the hand, Mister. Yeah, love that spot. Although, what happens with the I tag myself in off the back? Off the back, I think it has to be the. Upper body. Upper body. Like, the majority of the body has to be in the corner, I guess, yeah. or something like yeah. that. Yeah, because I, I noticed that when he was like, no, I'm not counting that. Mm. And then I thought, well, what about the back tag? But, yeah, I suppose so, yeah. Mm. Massive uppercut sends Gable outside. But then Jordan's able to lure both of the revival into a double top rope clothesline from Gable. They both hit drop kicks and shit can the challenges to the outside in stereo. The tide turns for the revival as Gable's head scissors is blocked into a hot shot and they cut him off. And there's this great bit where Chad dives for a tag, but Jordan catches him for a double A spine buster. Chad manages to turn Dash's chop on the top rope into a hanging armbar, but then we get a really dodgy looking cut off. Yeah. 
I don't understand how he fell like that. What part of Gable's body did Dash supposedly touch? I don't know. It was, it, it looked quite strange, but they kind of just got on with the rest of it. So I was like, oh, mm-hmm. no, that didn't happen. Yeah. Carry on. <laughs> we didn't get a replay yeah. or anything to explain it, so no. it must have been a botch. Yeah. Eventually, Chad slides under both of the Revival guys and gets attacked to Jason Jordan, including a really wicked-looking cradle Tazplex. Any favourite hot tag merchants? The hardest hot tags always seem good. They always ended it with the whisper in the wind. I suppose hot tags are always good if the, if you've got the big guy waiting. Cass, Roman, Titus, those yeah. kind of guys. Yeah. The hot tag can work both ways. If you if you're a good team, then you know your hot tag with the Hardys, Edge, and Christian that still works because you can build that. But then if, in your corner, if you've got say like Big Show, I mean that's a hell of a hot tag, and you just clear house. I think the Hardys and Edge and Christian are, are my favourite hot tags because the the way that they build it up of they're both knocked out on the floor and they, they're on the way to the, the corner. How are they going to get there? How are they going to get... Oh, and they're in, and they're in! Yeah. Yeah, great stuff. The straps are down! But the half Nelson Exploder only gets two. Chad comes back in and Jason slings Dawson out of a backslide into a dropkick and German combination. Yeah, lots of great little double team, teamwork, near fall yeah. stuff at the end of the stretch. And then we get the absolute spot of the night. The Revival set Jordan up for a doomsday device, but he catches Dawson in midair with a suplex. Yeah, fantastic. Oh, amazing. Rick Steiner did it at WrestleMania 9 as well. Yes. Nice little callback. They do, the, um, at one point, Jordan does the run around the ring like Rick Steiner used to do as well, and the fans even do the <laughs> dog face gremlin chants as well. It's off an art though. Wilder breaks up the fall by pulling his partner out of the cover instead of just whacking people. That's quite smart because you know there's this rule where you quote unquote burn your tag. Yeah. But if, if you hit the guy, right, that's it. You can't interrupt another fall. So that's kind of a way to work around that. Yeah, and it's it's like you were saying before that it's a tactic on their part how smart they are yeah. with the way that they, they work as a team. In the end, the Grand Amplitude gets countered with the Shatter Machine and the Revival score the win in 16 minutes to get their second NXT Tag Team Championship reign. History has been made. As Tom Phillips put it, the Revival are now the winningest tag team in NXT history. (laughs) What are you, 10 years old? 10, 10, 10, 10. What did you make in the match, Kyle? Very, very good. I could easily watch a few more of their matches together. Yeah, I don't know where the revival's going to go from here. You know, what tag team's coming up? Yeah, traditionally the tag team scene in NXT has always been a little bit thinner on the ground than yeah. the other divisions. It's it's picked up really in the last six or eight months. Like They've had the Vaude Villains and Banff and like American Alpha, yeah. Enzo and Cass. There's always TM61 for two Australian lads. The only problem is that, you know, it's it's no fault of NXT's, but there's no other tag team that have had the spotlight put on them of, oh, they could be the next contenders. Whereas, because naturally you would think American Alpha would be the next contenders. They do get an automatic rematch. Yeah. And, well, bit of a spoilers, but they've booked a two out of three falls match between the Revival and American Alpha. Hmm. Interesting. It'd be nice to see them 
swap the belts between each other. Like a long-running tag feud. Yeah. I'd like to see that. Well, nice. I mean, that depends on what's the destination coming up. Like, do you think Alpha losing the titles here might suggest they could be drafted up? See, I, I don't want them to be drafted, and I don't want Finn to be drafted either. Mm. I don't think it's the right time. They'll become just mid-card. I don't want that to happen. I mean, we'll get to Finn later on. I mean, the main roster tag team scene's really, really picked up. Mm. I don't think they really need anybody else in the minute. No. Well, it depends what they do with the tag titles with the brand extension. If they have two tag team championships, yeah, fair enough. They might need a couple more people mm. in, but yeah, we'll see. Oh, yeah, the match was fucking ace. Great periods of control from both teams. Had a great build to a tremendous closing stretch. Lots and lots of near falls, and that counter as well. It's brilliant. Speaking of new tag teams, two massive lads running. Steamroller. Steamroller over American <laughs> yeah. Alpha with a Mafia Kick side slam combo to Chad and a clothesline Russian leg sweep combo to Jason Jordan. And Paul Ellering, the infamous manager from the Legion of Doom slash Road Warriors, comes out on the ramp to endorse them. These guys apparently are authors of pain. I don't know what they're individual names are but they looked quite hard to pronounce so I didn't bother <laughs> learning them properly yeah Ellering it's a bit weird we never really had an old manager coming back into NXT before we've had like veteran talent coming like yeah. Rhino and stuff quite the endorsement here it's quite, yeah it's quite a big move see how that that pans out quite lacking in managers really yeah I'm surprised we've not had like a developmental manager like a fresh yeah. face there specifically to be a manager. Carmella kind of does that, but you know, she wrestles as well. She's still, yeah, just a manager. You're never going to hit the heights of the top managers, are you? There's a, there's a lot of pressure. Paul Bearer, Paul Heyman. I mean, you know, these managers are top-notch. You really have got to try. Mm, yeah. <laughs> but I think bringing back a legend manager is a way of just saying... We'll keep it in the family, if you will. I don't think they're ready for new blood management yet. You know, it's one of them. If if there's anyone that comes along, I'm sure Triple H will trust in them to succeed. Yeah. I'll see what happens. That puts us about halfway through, I guess. So it's time for the halftime question time. What would you say is your favourite entrance and your favourite OMG moment? Favourite entrance... Undertaker's super duper WrestleMania one's always brilliant. My favourite one was the WrestleMania twenty nine one, where he's like appears from the hands reaching up at him. Yeah. That was fantastic. Yeah, so I'd probably go with that. OMG moment. Shane buying WCW. Just literally, I had no clue. I turned into Sunday night heat as you do like Sunday afternoons on channel four. And like the shadow of a Nitro logo comes up. I'm like, wait a minute, that can't be it. What the fuck? <laughs> Vince is there. You see, it was just a matter of time before I, Vince McMahon, bought my competition. That's right. I own WCW. What is the fate of WCW? The very fate of WCW is in my hands. But then I got a little bit disappointed because it was the Spring Break Beak show. Yeah. And I, like, I knew because WCW was on like a, 
five or six week delay on Channel 5. So I knew we were behind and I could tell that the company was getting smaller and smaller because they lost that awesome WCW letters stage and just had like a basic screen like they've not got that small have they that's a shitty venue what the hell my favorite entrance is obviously triple h um Mm. probably the most specific one would be the wrestlemania when he he first had all these nxt women with him oh 30 with sasha and charlotte yeah he he had the big skull i think that's my favorite yeah that was a class one Although, a little side note off that, I think I've mentioned it on this podcast before, I still think that the following WrestleMania, when he did the Terminator, I still think that's a hell of a shot when he takes his crown off and he throws it behind him yes. straight down the hole. I think, yeah, <laughs> I, I, yeah I'm, I'm definitely going to have to search for that. Hell of a shot. Just on the subject of Triple H, have you heard about what Yoshitatsu is doing in New Japan? No. Well, you? his gimmick is he's the Bullet Club Hunter. So, who do you think he's dressed up as? Whose poses no. do you think he's No, 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 no. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. He's oh. doing the Triple H tribute at routine. So he's changed his tights to short tights. He does the water spit when he comes out and he's using the pedigree as his finisher. Oh, no. <laughs> and his colour schemes like the black and green DX as well. Oh. I thought you'd like that. Uh, it's spreading the legacy of Triple H. <laughs> Come on, Kyle. I need to watch it, and mm. I'll, I will then decide whether it's acceptable. Yeah. <laughs> so my my OMG moment. Yep. Is the return of Eric Bischoff. Oh yes, yeah, that's a good one. That I did not expect at all. Yeah, that was in that was in the summer holidays, and I was over at my grandma's house, and my cousin taped that episode of raw for me where he turns up and i got proper confused at first because he had black hair so i thought vince russo because like when when i was watching wcw eric bischoff had gray hair yeah and he he was a little tiny bit plumper as well like so so i didn't recognize him at first i was like but no that's not eric bischoff eric bischoff had the gray hair but still i was just like whoa you know that vince and eric hate each other and to be watching Raw and Eric Bischoff comes out and you're just like, what am I watching? You, you, yeah. you check the sky planner. <laughs> what, what is this? People are drawn to winners. You people are drawn to winners. Mr. McMahon was drawn to a winner, which is why he hired me. Let's face it. The WWE needs me you people deserve me and there's one thing i want to promise each and every one of you people i am here to put the e in wwe the draft heated up getting bischoff in because it was originally flair wasn't it yeah yeah for the other story flair and Vince were co-owners and they split the two brands like that. But yeah, Bischoff's arrival queued all the trade-offs and people jumped week to week. It got a little bit too hectic at one point, but when they toned it back, they got a great variety of talent. That was the time that Paul Heyman outsold Raw for about two months. Yeah, SmackDown 
got better ratings than Raw. They were, originally, they were like, well, it's a B-show. Shit, we need to put it over. So they made Vince the owner, and they put Hogan on, and they put Triple H on, and they put The Rock on. And then they're like, oh, shit, SmackDown's beating Raw. Well, yeah, because you put the best talent there. So SmackDown got raided again and again and again by Raw. But this is why I think that this draft will be more interesting, because Raw and SmackDown are both going to be live. So that makes it more interesting, because... Not only will we be watching it as fans live, there'll be no spoilers, no leaks, because I'll admit I've been one of them in the past where I've found the SmackDown results and gone, no, I'm not watching it. Whereas now, because it's live, I'll be more invested to watch it because I I want to know what's happening straight away. So I think that they can use that to their advantage. Mostly we'll how it folds out, yeah. Backstage, baby metal soundtrack, ask a training... And Bailey pops up to shake her hand. I, I miss it bit, Bailey. It was a bit awkward, that, I thought, that little section. There was hardly any eye contact. It was kind of like hmm. Bailey sheepishly came over and went, yeah, shake your hand, smile, <laughs> and then... <laughs> Please don't kick my head off. It's because she didn't go in for a hug. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that's definitely the reason. Yeah. yeah. I'll, oh. I'll hug her. Yeah, oh, yeah. Um, I'm a hugger. Yeah, I'm a hugger as well, yeah. (laughs) You might be in conflict with Finn, though. Yeah, damn it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, oh my God, right, coming up next, fucking yes. (laughs) The greatest man who ever lived, double A, Austin Aries, against King of Strong Style, Nakamura Shinsuke! Stop. My penis can only get so erect. (laughs) The video package highlights both of their arrivals in the promotion. Ares felt overshadowed by Shinsuke's debut, so he made the challenge to face him. Shinsuke shook his hand to accept the match, and he did the vibrating thing. Oh, I fucking love Shinsuke. He's got personality for days. Brilliant, brilliant worker. So, so, so pleased that he's transitioned so well into NXT. Yeah, because there's been a lot of talent that have come over and just doesn't seem to hit the ground, whereas Nakamura has. And the fans have really taken him in as well. Yeah. People knew who Nakamura was, but I think the, the small NXT crowd may not overall have known Nakamura, if you will. So I think when he came in, they all just loved his personality and they, they then have taken him in. And I wouldn't be surprised if they've then gone back and watched, you know, previous matches and stuff like that, which, like like I have. Well, what have you seen from his Japan stuff? So you, you went back post-NXT yeah. stuff? Yeah. It's essentially an over-the-top version of what we're seeing now. You'll know from watching New Japan stuff. They take it even higher, don't they, with the facial expressions and... <laughs> the ring movements and he's very high risk I didn't I didn't realise this because all, all of the stuff that he's done so far with Sami Zayn and Austin Aries have been very map controlled and he's done quite a, quite a bit of high risk stuff which was interesting to see maybe, maybe we might see that at a later point I think essentially in, in Japan he did a lot of variants on his Bomaye finisher 
like he did a lot more jumping with that and I think they're trying to focus that in a bit more so people don't get confused. Yeah. And especially in Japan as well, it's more of a sequence of moves that finishes someone rather than a finishing move, especially yeah. at the very top level matches. So quite often he'll have to hit a bomber yay in the back, a bomber yay off the top rope and then finish him with a final proper one. He's probably one of the first guys where I was kind of disappointed that he got the call up to WWE because I was really worried that he's not going to get used down. right. And, yeah. yeah, But Hunter's given him free reign. He's absolutely kept his star power. It's just fantastic. What about Austin Aries as well? Have you seen much of his stuff before he came to NXT? Only in TNA, really. Yeah. Um, the odd one or two. I'm not a massive fan of TNA. But if there's someone that I like, then I will tune in and, and watch. Like with AJ Styles, I'd only watch the AJ Styles matches on, on TNA. Um, same with Jeff Hardy, really. That's the only reason that I kind of half watch it now. Brother Nero! Yeah. It is over! <laughs> Matt Hardy's fallen off a cliff, like, completely. Like, he's gone wayward. I always thought it was Jeff that was the the not so right brother but it, it's totally flipped now mm-hmm. he's gone way off a cliff oh my god but yeah the Austin Aries matches I, I have enjoyed watching on TNA I've only ever seen these matches on TNA not seen other matches elsewhere some of the moves that he can do and some of the matches that he's been in I've really enjoyed they've been really good yeah I, I'm, I'm pretty much the same really practically all of the stuff I can remember from him is his TNA run he had a really great stretch in 2012 I think it was or it might have been 2011 where he won the X Division title he had a feud with Bully Ray and he was the first guy that they did the deal where he could cash in his X Division championship to get a world title shot and he did it and he beat Bobby Roode and they had a great run strongest booking of someone I'd seen in quite a while in that company I, I, I really like him he kind of looks like a mini Batista to me yeah. Like someone put the in the wash. Yeah, I can see that. Love, love him. Lo- love his work rate. Love his style. I've heard he's toned it down a little bit too much in NXT, and I'll admit the only match I've seen of him in NXT is the one with Corbin. What the fuck are you going to do with Corbin, like you know? Yeah. AW's ribs are taped up, and the announcer seemed pretty surprised about it. Graves suggested that it might be a red herring to distract from a different injury, something like that. Oh, my God. Shinsuke's entrance. You talk about star factor. His theme is immense. The, the whole the violin hooks. The crowd oh. really get on board on that. Yeah, one. they do. The, they woe to it. It's fantastic. It's just about exotic enough because, you know, they could have just gone, oh, Japanese guy, just giving him generic chopsticks. But no. They've really outdone themselves with this one. It's brilliant. Another reason I was disappointed that he was leaving New Japan was I fucking loved his New Japan entrance music. Yeah. Fantastic. One of my all-time favourite entrance musics. Up there with Hayabusa's. <laughs> this is going to make me seem a little bit suspect, but did you see uh, Shinsuke's tights, Kyle? His tights? Well, I mean, the leathers, but... Yeah. I thought the crotchal region. <laughs> it kind of looked like he had three dicks. It was so weird. I have to say, I did not notice that. 
it's just like the, the way they're uh, like the pattern on it. Yeah, it just kind of looks like there's a knob, and there's a knob, and there's a knob as well. <laughs> <laughs> King of Dong style, like. <laughs> so we get a stalemate at the start, which seems to amuse Shinsuke, and he does a lovely little arm ringer escape. Fans chant Shinsuke Bumaye, Shinsuke Bumaye. You know the reference for that? No, but I know you're going to let everybody know. Oh, yes. Well, so you know Muhammad Ali died recently. Yeah. So it's a Rumble in the Jungle reference. In that fight, fans chanted Ali Bumaye, Ali Bumaye. And that means Ali kill him. Yeah. So Shinsuke was a big boxing fan. So that's why his finisher was called the Bumaye in Japan. His finisher now in NXT is called the Kinshasha. Okay. The Kinshasha, which is actually the venue of the Rumble in the Jungle fight. Okay. So it's a bit more PG yeah. reference okay. rather than kill him. Nakamura plays with Ares's rib tape instead of doing the you know the like little blowjob clean break he does. Yeah. And he just rests his head against the chest. <laughs> Love that. Graves says it's to loosen him up in the fight. Shinsuke then does his Come on! Come on! Pose. He pays for it as Ares dodges a stomp, cartwheels into a drop kick, and tries to do the last chancery, but Shinsuke escapes. And then Ares takes the piss out of the come on pose. And he promptly pays for it. That's how I put this. <laughs> he just gets walloped. Walloped. <laughs> he just gets walloped with knees. Shinsuke does the little good vibrations stomping the coke hole thing yeah. in the corner. Yeah, but they keep asking him to do it again. The ref tells him to stop it. So he goes for it again, but then that's where Ares catches him yeah. going in for the uh, knee. Smart strategy, taking yeah. away the leg so he can't do the uh, Kinshasa. Ares then works over the neck as well to warm him up for the last chancery. So he's got two strategies going into this match. It's a fairly soundly wrestled match here from Ares. He hits a fancy-looking second rope spinning uppercut to the back for two. There's one point where Ares is in control and the fans are doing the sing-along to Shinsuke's theme again. Did you see there was a awesome, awesome-looking Shinsuke cosplayer in the crowd? I didn't see that. No. But seriously, it's like Ares has got him in the rest hold and they cut to the crowd and this guy, he's in like the, the, the red leather jacket, black leather pants, and just uh, 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 pose. That's oh, wow. fantastic. I'm going to have to go back and see if I can get a screenshot yeah. for you. I'll put you on the blog. Nakamura comes back with Big, big kicks and the knee in the corner for two. Ares blocks the reverse power slam and hits a roaring elbow that sends Shinsuke outside for his incredible suicide dive through the bottom ropes. Yeah. Oh, that's so vicious. It smacks right into the barricade yeah, as well. the barricade moves. <laughs> that's how you know how much it hurts. Yeah. A desperation triangle choke buys Shinsuke some time to make a real comeback with some knees and a guard buster. But the Kinshasa gets blocked with a Shinbreaker and Suplex combo, and Ares gets the last chancery. Nakamura eventually gets the ropes, thanks to what Graves calls his slight height advantage. Do you want to take a guess at how tall these lads are, Kyle? Hmm. Nakamura, probably about 6'2". Spot on! That is what? accurate! <laughs> what? What hell of a guess. Yeah, uh, and the Aries? 
I think Harry's is a little smaller, isn't mm-hmm. he? 5'11"? 5'9". So nearly half a yeah. foot is a slight height advantage. Yeah. That's a good good guess. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> Nostradamus here. Airy scores with an ace second rope Hurricane Rana and a drop kick in the corner. But the 450 splash misses and both men end up on the apron brawling. So Aries hits a Death Valley driver into the apron. Holy shit, I thought Shinsuke was dead. Yeah. That looked vicious. Hell of a move. Shinsuke nearly gets counted out, but a reckless Aries tries a suicide dive again, but he eats the barricade. See, this this is the point in the match where I was like, why did you do that? Because you would have won the match. He want, I think because he wanted to beat him more legitimately. He didn't want to settle for a count-out loss. But he also wanted to do further damage to Shinsuke. So yeah. he could have just rolled out of the ring to break the count again. Yeah. But he thought he had an opportunity to batter him into the barricade again. Because it's, it's one of them things, like, logistically, as the match goes on, they have their way of how they're going to do the match. But... If Austin Aries is coming in and saying he's going to win the match, blah, 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 then surely you would win the match. I think I'd have stayed in the ring. Get a 10 count win over Nakamura. Yeah. That's the last time I'm doing that. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> I guess a count out win over someone like Nakamura is up there with a regular win against somebody else. Yes. So, anyway, Nakamura slaughters him. Jumping Bomber Rivas Naturally finishes him off with a free in 17 minutes 5 seconds. What did you make to the match, Kyle? Loved it. I thought can we not just end the pay-per-view there? I mean I know we've we're, we've not gone on to the main event yet, but that was the, the match of the night. I agree. Yeah, that was my favourite match of the night as well. Just top quality stuff. Shinsuke's got this... He just oozes equal parts personality and deadliness. Yeah. They battered each other. They worked really well together. Ares had a great range of offence. And, you know, like I said, with the dual strategies going in, really smart, top-notch stuff. Could you ever see Nakamura getting pushed as going for the title? We'll get to that. Yeah? Because I don't know whether he classes as... A special superstar. You know, who just does these big matches on the takeovers, or will he come down to the nitty gritty? He has done a lot of matches on NXT television, though. They did the tapings at WrestleMania Access. He wrestled two or three matches then. Like, he tagged with Aries in the run up to this yeah, show. Yeah, it just it seems like for Nakamura, such a big name, to not be mentioned as who he could potentially come up against. Finn or Joe it's not been mentioned at all it's not but you kind of think with a debut like he had and now this match mm. with another recent debutant I think it's he's in well positioned even though it's not explicitly said whoa he's got he's got to be yeah. in for a title shot now yeah so, we'll get to that we then get the video covering the women's title match it shows us Asuka's title win and puts over her unbeaten record then highlights Naya breaking Bailey, supposedly putting her out of William Regal's original plans for a Bailey Asuka rematch. And then Naya won a new, fresh number one contenders match. At the contract signing, Asuka told Naya if she's not scared of her now, she should be. 
but then she just got power bombed hard. Yeah, the women's division in the NXT has really been a bright spot of this promotion. Well, I mean, we saw what basically the three main products of the show could do at WrestleMania in a really high-profile match. Yeah. What do you make of it currently at the minute with Asuka as champ? I like Asuka. I'm not a fan of Nia Jax. So I'd like to see Asuka fighting Bailey or Carmella even. Yeah, I'm, just, I'm not a fan of the powerhouse girls. I don't know. I just find it it's really difficult to to run the match because I think Bailey did really well against Nia because there's only so much you can do and it's the same as like when when you're fighting the big show or you know whatever you you're just mm. limited to to what you can do you know I'm not taking anything away from Nia Jax she's she's good at what she can do but I just think that if you're going to have Nia Jax contending I think it should be the other way around I think Nia Jax should be the champion and it's this we've got to knock this powerhouse off to get the belt. The money's in the chase, like. Yeah, yeah. it it, it needs to roll reverse. But other than that, yeah, I'm, re- I'm really enjoying it. I'm okay with having, like, a unmovable powerhouse in the division. It, it makes it for a variety of storytelling for yeah. me. I thought it was smart to pair up with Asuka as well, because a lot of her offence is just kicks and submissions, and that's not really hindered by Nia's size. Well, we'll go through what it made for as a match. But you know what you're saying about the Usos and Roman being associated with The Rock? Yeah. Do you think this is another case of nepotism here? Nia's some Possibly. relation to The Rock? Do you think she'd earn the spot she's in now if she wasn't associated with The Rock? Good question. Because as you say, she's sure. not the typical NXT hire, is she? No. It's a strange one. In past years, you would think she would get the jump straight to Raw and be with Usos and Roman as the Roman Empire. It's an interesting one. I suppose, you know, if you ask Triple H that question, he, he he's going to say, no, she's earned a right. We'll never know. Yeah, we'll never know properly. It, it's always a bit murky when you've got these relations because quite often in the business, it's not what you know, it's who you know. I mean, even The Rock, like, yeah. his dad knew Pat Patterson and gave him a call. That's how he got his chance, you know. So the semi-main event is the NXT Women's Championship match. Asuka, the champion, defending against Nia Jax. Nia Jax's hair is much better now. It used to just be that wild frizz. Yeah, now it's the side. Yeah, yeah, the it's side plates good. and smooth bit. Yeah. It does frizz out a little bit as the match goes on, but that's only natural. Asuka, I love her facials. She just looks like a psychopath. It's brilliant. Yeah, she's your typical... Like Japanese horror film. Ringu. Yeah. Asuka wears her underwear outside of her tights. Yeah, I noticed this. Is this a Superman <laughs> reference or something? I don't know. Yeah, a red thong that she had on. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that, that, that's the other thing I love about her colour schemes. Like yeah. with the, the split hairdo. Very bright. Phenomenal. Yeah, great look. Did you notice as well we got another buff referee? Yeah. Whoa, this is for the title. <laughs> the early goings. Asuka's successful at frustrating Naya with you know, being evasive and grappling with her. And she teases going for the knockout back kick. Who didn't knock out? Was it Deonna or someone? Or... Oh, I can't think. It, it was someone in the run-up to her matches with Dana or Emma or something. Yeah. But yeah, and, and she licks her teeth. Like, ah, nearly got you there. The way she sells her match is brilliant. Naya replies by just 
ragdolling her all the way across the ring. Oh my god! It's nice that showed how like the power that she has. Yeah, oh, scary stuff. There's a brief "We want either, no, we don't" chant. Fuck off! <laughs> Nobody wants either. <laughs> <laughs> The story of the match is essentially Asuka tries to get submissions and Naya powers out of them. We get a wonderful octopus stretch and Naya counters with a backbreaker. The guillotine choke is met with a brilliant counter where Naya muscles her up straight away into a suplex. That was great. And then Asuka tries an armbar and Naya's actually able to roll through. Mm. I'd never expected it to be that nimble. So Asuka hooks a triangle choke, but Naya powers her up into the corner for a powerbomb. Asuka this time escapes a bear hug with a knee bar and Naya has to get to the ropes. Hits a big time spine buster, but her leg drop misses and Asuka hits a massive shining wizard for two. Right, my favourite spot that Asuka does is when she gets whipped into the ropes and she just seamlessly climbs onto the second rope and drop kicks her. Yep. That's brilliant. She's so smooth and proficient in the ring. There's really no one else like her on the women's roster. She wallops Naya with backhands and a hip attack. And the crowd chant Asuka City. Jax blocks the roundhouse kick into the powerbomb, just like at the contract signing. But, yeah, Naya keeps doing these arrogant covers. She just, like, puts her hands on the shoulders. Yeah, it's like the whole foot on the chest Mm. sort of thing. She pays for it in this instance because Asuka gets an armbar. And then she tries the Asuka lock, but Naya's just too big. So she just kicks the fuck out of her with a series of kicks (laughs) and that gets the free. So Asuka retains in 9 minutes, 12 seconds. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed the story of that match. You know, Naya's got the power game to escape Asuka's holds and submissions. Like I said, you know, Asuka's the right sort of opponent for Naya because her offense doesn't get too compromised. Yeah. And I think Naya's grown quite well into this role she's got. This is definitely a, a much more assured performance than yeah. when she fought Bailey in London, I thought. Yeah. Solid stuff. What did you make of it? Yeah, Asuka's a joy to watch. A bit like Nakamura in, with her, her offence. It's very much tailored to where she's from. And so the, the, the stuff that she, she does is just... You're not going to see that anywhere else, like you said. I think it was good to see Naya bring all that for Asuka to use. I don't know. I, Naya's still going to win me over. Yeah, she, she's improving a lot, but I'm still not sold. Yeah, I can understand that. She's definitely still a work in progress. Yes. Yeah. We then get an advert for Breaking Ground Reloaded. It was better than The Matrix Reloaded, trust me. <laughs> <laughs> have, have you had a chance to see it yet? I've not. I've not seen it yet. I definitely recommend it. It's brilliant. Is it just a, uh, a follow-on from Breaking Ground? Yeah, it's just essentially like a, a bookend of the first season. So they base it around the WrestleMania weekend. Yep. They cover the people on the NXT Dallas card. And they even just give like quick updates like the Indian guy that yep. got on the WWE Indian tour. Is it uh, Leah for last with the Arabian gimmick? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they, they followed up on her. And they followed up on people like Baron and Sammy who were on the main WrestleMania card as well. Yeah. Lots of really cool backstage stuff. Like Triple H's post TakeOver Dallas speech as well. Oh, wow. Right, I will, yeah, I'll check it out. Yeah. It's good stuff. We see clips of an interview from earlier today with William Regal. And guess who walks behind him just casually Bobby, walking by? Bobby! Bobby. 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 
So, does this mean that he's, he's officially signed, or it seems that way? Well, Triple H has said in the conference calls that there's still some details to work out and stuff. But, you know, the, the, the signs are there. Yeah. Hopefully this isn't going to be a case like it was with Storm, where they're a bit too tentative to get him in and someone comes in with a better offer and he goes. But, yeah. I loved it. Rue just walks behind Regal and then the ensuing gust of wind suggests to Regal, yeah. okay, maybe I should follow up on this. <laughs> All right. The cage folds down really, really quickly to the Armageddon music. I and like it- the cage. Yeah, the new I cage. I think the cage yeah. is much better than the old cage, because the old cage you'd have it hanging full on, whereas this is flat and it just folds out, and I liked it. It's very it efficient. Good, yeah. I think it's a little bit short for my liking, but yeah, it's just solid stuff. Yeah, and we get the video package for the main event, highlighting Joe's shocking title win at the house show, and lots of clips of them brawling. Cues William Regal promising it won't end in chaos, so he gets the cage. You know, I think it was last episode we were saying, where are all the cage matches gone? Yep. We've had two in a month now, because we've had the Asylum, and now we've got this. I like cage matches. Mm -hmm. I'm glad they're back. I was saying that we don't have enough Tornado tags either. Yes, and and the club and the Usos did it, didn't they? Yeah. They're going old school. This is what I like. Mm -hmm. Bring them all back. Yeah, it's older, simpler stipulations that make the storylines more focused, yeah. Yeah. What did you make of Joe's title win? Coming the way it did. Shocking. Yeah. But it's good. I like I like that they do unplanned stuff. Well, I say unplanned, but you never really lose a belt at a live show, do you? No. So, yeah, it was good. This is definitely for storyline purposes as well. Usually, if there's a, a house show title change, it's like, oh, come to a live event. You never know what's going to happen. NXT sales have been pretty solid anyway. Yeah. So, yeah. In the crowd, we have the former NXT champion, our boy Nev. The man who should have been Intercontinental Champion for a day. Yeah, I miss Neville. He's um, very, very good on the top rope. Hopefully he'll come back at the point that he left. But we'll see. Yeah, fingers crossed. So it's time for our main event. The steel cage match of the NXT Championship. The champion Samoa Joe defending against the demon Finn Balor. A demon Finn goes up against this cage, great ingots at the entranceway and knocks it over. Climbing over it. He climbs into the cage rather than going through the door so he can do the thing on top of the cage. Like it. Finn's entrance is just a winner, isn't it? It is. It is. Are there any favourite iterations of it? I like the London one, the top hat. The Jack the Ripper one? Yeah, it's very good. Oh, it's a bit grim. Yeah. Because like, it's a genuine serial killer. Like, Is he going to come out as Myra Hindley at some point this week? Fuck's sake. Did you see any of his iterations of this body paint thing before he came to NXT no it started off in Japan and he like came out of a coffin and stuff and it's all very like carnage based thing on his little farewell tour of the UK indies he had some fun with it as well like he wrestled at a progress event as the Joker and he wrestled at a ICW show in Newcastle dressed as Freddy Krueger and the fans chanted pedo at him it was great (laughs) little uh, hidden highlight Joe slams the cage door behind him kind of like how The Undertaker does in Hell in a Cell yep. we get a surprisingly cautious start Joe runs for the door just as a ploy to start a brawl and there's lots of big chops and strikes and things like that there's a lot of talk of how this is Finn's first cage match but not Joe's 
which is kind of a little subtle acknowledgement of TNA. Yeah. Or has Joe had a cage match outside of TNA? Uh, I don't know, because like, the majority of his work outside of TNA before he came to WWE was Ring of Honor. And I don't really think they have that many cage matches. Yeah. As a fan, if you're saying, oh, Joe's been in the cage match, you'll think of him in lockdown and yep. when he won the title from Curtin stuff. Yeah, Joe dominates, tossing Bala into the cage several times, hitting the Pele and the face washing in the corner, and follows in with a broski boot. Woo woo woo. Can you imagine if he did the woo 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 after it? That would be funny. <laughs> oh, oh gimmick breaker. Both men climb up, and Joe does the Pele off the top rope to knock Finn off. He's so agile for a big guy. They both dodge charges into the cage to send the other guy into the cage if that makes sense. Joe gets the clutch while on the apron temporarily, but Finn escapes and drop kicks him. Finn climbs over Joe as he's he's like stuck in the ropes. Yeah. And Joe tries to pull him back, but he gets punted in the face. And the dead weight of Joe collapsing on the rope causes <laughs> oh, Finn yeah. to fall bollock first into the ropes. That was nice. But yeah, that, that looks that <laughs> yeah. like really hurt. <laughs> I thought there's lots of great use of a cage in this match, really. Yeah. That, that was probably the best one, I think. STO by Joe, but Finn Sunset flips out of a muscle buster for two. Both try climbing again, and Finn gets a sling blade off the top rope. But Joe blocks another one on the ground level with a senton and hits the muscle buster. But it only gets two. Joe tells Finn, I'm going to end you. That's my Vince voice. <laughs> I'm going to end you. Finn Balor, you're fired. Joe tells Finn, I'm going to end you. But Finn escapes a splash mountain bomb attempt into the cage, hits a pair of shotgun drop kicks, and the coup de gras, and that only gets two. Both men have kicked out of their finishes. Mm-hmm. That could be frustrating at times, but I thought it fit for the cage match because, you know, extra devastation in that. It's got to put that over. Yeah. The 1916 gets countered into the Kahita clutch. But Finn does the you know, Bret Hart roll off the rope counter and hits another double stomp. He has eyes on climbing the cage again. But Joe recovers, chases him up there and hits the muscle buster off the top rope. Oh my God. Hell of a move. Devastating. Naturally, that finishes off Finn. Joe gets the free count to retain in 16 minutes and 10 seconds. The camera cuts straight to Finn's face as he's talking with Joe, presumably to check that he's okay. Like, yep. blah, blah, blah. <sighs> Let's not show him having a chat, please. I love the selling at the end as well, like when Joe's getting up. And did you notice the referee raised his hand and Joe raised his belt right at the moment in his music where the thunderclap hits? Yeah. Like, boo do do. <sighs> Because it, he did that as well at the end when he got up the ramp. Yeah. And he, he worked perfectly for when he lifted the belt up. Yeah, that was great stuff. So, yeah, this match, I thought, the start was surprisingly restrained and lacked a little bit in, of intensity. But when they started hitting the strikes and they did the big finishing sequences at the top of the cage and stuff, it really, really picked up. It was a great closing stretch. Great match overall. Lots of drama at the end. Felt like it was missing a tiny, tiny bit of something, but yeah, good stuff. Very enjoyable. What did you make of it, Kyle? I'm really big on these two guys. I've said for years that Samoa Joe needs to come over to WWE. 
now that he's finally here, I'm really enjoying his stuff. And Finn's just incredible. Mm-hmm. As, as Representing. Yeah. With my Finn Balor t-shirt. Yeah, it was a really good match. I always enjoy cage matches. And I just think they work well together. It'd be nice to see them feud again. On um, the main roster, maybe? Yeah, maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe. But I, th- I think they've got a good thing going. It reminds me very much of old school Raw of champion against challenger and they just keep going at it for a few pay-per-views yeah and i could see that this this could build to something like that Mm. if that's the way that they were going to go yeah it's very rare to get this kind of extended booking of a rivalry in nxt when people you know they have to head off to the main roster quick style do you have a favorite match in the series in particular i think the second match only because it was very much a showcase for them both they kind of showcase what they could do because the, the first match if you remember it was more this is the first time we fought we're sussing each other out yeah sort of deal whereas the second match they just went at it completely and that's what disappointed me about the cage match because i thought that they might do that again it was still good though but yeah i'd say the second second's my favorite yeah. as well despite the blood stoppages that was daft Th- this cage match runs it close but it's like the difference between A and A+. Plus. Yeah. So, I mean, where does Finn go from here? Do you think he might be re- main roster bound soon? I hope not. He's got so much more that he can do in NXT. Especially if he's still feuding with Joe. I mean, if he, if he does go up, then he's got to keep his the demon character. But then where would you go with that? Yeah, and, it's very much a you leave it for big match situations and you yeah. might not get that in the short term of your debut. Yeah. I could see him turning up at SummerSlam or coming into a rivalry like that. Mm. The TV tapings they did the next night, they had Finn come out and give a speech and stuff. And he was interrupted by... Shinsuke Nakamura. Really? Yes. Wow. He basically praised Finn and said he wants the NXT title himself. But <laughs> This is where we were going. Yeah. Okay. But he doesn't really feel like he can challenge for the title until he's beaten the icon of NXT in Finn Balor. My understanding of it from the people in attendance was it's definitely Finn's nearly gone. Shinsuke wants to catch him before he moves on to even bigger things. And I get the sense that this is going to be something that they do on TV to build to a Joe Nakamura match at Brooklyn. I could be wrong. They could extend Shinsuke faces Joe later on in the line, but we'll see. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Exciting stuff. Yeah. Overall thoughts on the show itself? Match of the night? Standout performer? Fantastic show overall. Match of the night has got to be Nakamura at Ares. Performer's got to be Nakamura. I can just watch his matches over and over again. It was a nice, easy watch all the way through. I'd agree with that, yeah. Very, very consistent show. Very, very easy watch. Well, everything's above average here for me. Nice introduction of Almas. Nice variety of people on the card, even for such a short show. Yeah. Match of the night, yeah, Aries and Nakamura. The tag titles run it kind of close, but Shinsuke and his magnetic personality definitely the standout on this card. Yeah. So that'll about wrap it up for today. Uh, we've hoped you enjoyed our little foray into NXT. Our last show, we were talking about doing WrestleMania 22. 
that's still in the pipeline. You might hear something later on. We'll be back in the very near future. But in the meantime, remember to like us on Facebook. Find us on Twitter as well. That's where we do the majority of our talking at TNW Podcast. Follow us on SoundCloud and you can catch all of our episodes there. I've made a little playlist of all of our episodes so far. You can go follow that. And we're also on Stitcher Radio. So, it's a goodbye from me and it's a goodbye from Kyle. I'll see you soon. Catch you later. <laughs>